This episode is sponsored by our friends at Fujifilm North America. Their X-Series digital cameras and lenses may just give you that creative edge you're looking for in your portraits and events. You'll find everything from 40 megapixel image quality to 40 frames per second bursts, plus unique in-camera film simulation modes and effortless usability. Click the link in the episode description to find the full range. There has never been a better time to invest in your passion, so make sure to click the link. Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. Welcome to the Portrait System Podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and this show is here to help you succeed in the world of photography and business to help you learn to become financially free doing what you love and so much more. With over 1 million downloads, countless photographers have taken what they've learned from both our episodes and from theportraitsystem.com, and they have grown their businesses, quit their day jobs, and are designing a life of their dreams. We keep it real and share stories about the ups and downs that come with running a photography business. You'll hear real-life stories of how other photographers run their business, and you'll learn actionable steps that you can take to reach your own goals. Thank you so much for being here, and let's get started. Hi, everyone. It's Ashley Taylor, and I'm so excited to introduce you to this week's Clubhouse edition of the podcast. This week, Kevin and I spoke with portrait and editorial photographer Aaron J. Young. In this chat, we talked with Aaron about his approach to portrait sessions, how he works with a team to make sure his images and marketing are the best they can be, and we also talked about his journey of battling money blocks, burnout, and anxiety, and how he has worked to overcome them. It was a great conversation that left Kevin and I wishing we could speak to Aaron for a whole other hour. So we can't wait for you to hear this interview and let's get started. Welcome everyone to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Conde and I'm here with my co-host Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce. Nikki Klosser hosts our Monday episodes and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kevin. I'm excited to be here with you and Aaron J. Young, who's our guest today. And I've been wanting to interview Aaron for a long time, so this is very exciting. Um, But before we dive into it, I just always like to let our listeners on Clubhouse know that for the first 30 minutes, Kevin and I will interview Aaron. And then at the halfway point, we open it up to your live questions. So if you do want to ask a question, all you need to do is hit the hand icon in the lower right hand part of your screen. And we will bring you up on stage to state your name and ask your question. And if you think of a question too early, just jot it down so you don't forget. (laughs) Thank you, Ashley. And welcome to the podcast, Aaron. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. So we, you and I have never personally spoken uh, before today. 
But right. when, being around this community, I am constantly hearing your name brought up, not only for your amazing work, but for the person that you are. Just compliments all around from everyone. So. <laughs> wow. Thank you. That's awesome. So because of that, we, we wanted to have you on. Like, oh, my God, we need to talk to him. And after looking at your work, I was blown away by your images and just how expressive people are and how you connect with them, as well as all the different uh, self-portraits that you yourself create. Um, so we want to get into all that. Uh, but before we do, we want to talk a little bit about your artistic style and how it incorporates into your business. So how would you define your style, both in the way you approach your work and how you handle your clients? Um, so, I mean, like the, the words that I use often to describe my style are um, timeless, elegant, authentic, soulful. Um, somebody recently, a friend of mine, uh, used the word poetic, which Aww. I had never thought of. But I actually, I like that word because I, I'm always trying to capture an energy in the work. In, in each photo that I guess really would be poetic in a way. It's like, it's like got a little extra something more than just having like a person sitting, staring into the camera kind of a thing. Um, and, uh, you know, now at this point in my career, that's, that's pretty much what I get hired to do. Like oftentimes the conversations I'm having with clients leading up to a photo shoot is that they really want to be photographed in a way that's going to capture that authenticity um, and that sort of humanity and honesty that they see already in the work. And they're interested in kind of seeing that come out in themselves. Um, you know, so in developing my own style over the years, the way that I have, I'm grateful that at this point, you know, it's like the thing that people are actually interested in me doing Um which is, you know, as a creative person, that's awesome to just have people seek you out for the thing that you're already doing. Yeah, I really love this because I feel like in a lot of portrait photographer businesses, including mine, it's like people are hiring you because they just want to look amazing. They just want to look the most beautiful. But I like the like twist of like, no, I just want to be myself and I want to see like my personality or my authenticity like through your eyes, through Aaron's eyes, you know? So um, mm -hmm. I find like, do you, do you find that people, a lot of glamour and stuff still, cause like your work is very fashion inspired or are they really just wanting to strip it down and be as like real or let you just guide the whole process of how you see them? It honestly just depends on the, on the client more than anything, you know, cause, um, when we're discussing, uh, the vision for the shoot, the styling and all of that, it's, uh, it becomes really clear, like if they haven't, you know, the hope that we're going to do something that's going to be a little bit more uh, fashiony, a little bit more stylized in terms of, you know, the wardrobe, or they might just be somebody who naturally, you know, it could be a woman that doesn't wear a lot of makeup naturally, and so to to all of a sudden, um, you know, do a bunch of makeup and to do her hair a certain way would just not feel very authentic to her. Mm -hmm. um, so some people specifically don't want that and they really just want something that, that has a little bit more of a raw feel to it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for other people, they, you know, they love the aspect of, you know, having, um, hair and makeup and focusing more on the styling, 
you know, because some people also will say that they want to dress pretty simply, you know, they'll say like, oh, I, you know, I, I just want to wear like a black turtleneck and I want to um, do something that's going to be timeless, but sort of simple. Um, and then other people just have a different idea of what that means, you know, or a different um, expectation of what they want to create. And, you know, so I'm happy to do anything that my clients want me to do. Um, I love the collaborative process of actually working with other people to make a shoot happen. Like, um, the times whenever I've been able to put together an entire team, which has usually been, um, uh, you know, more in the like commercial side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's always been really fun because I get to actually collaborate with hair, makeup, uh, stylists, uh, you know, even sometimes like a lighting tech and all these people to, to me that just elevates everything into like a, you know, a new realm. Um, but then there's the times when everybody, you know, wants it to be really stripped back and it's just me and the client in the room and that's, you know, and that's all it is. So. Kevin has a cat crawling on him for people who aren't I, in the house right now. So it's just a little hard for me to keep a straight face. Like, when I saw the cat, it just, it messed with my head for a second because I, my dog is somewhere in the background and I'm <laughs> about the same size as the cat. So I was like, wait, is the cat, is the dog on me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, he is, uh, he is seeking attention at the moment. I'm trying to keep him out. I'm like, I'm working, <laughs> sir. <laughs> So Aww. sorry, Clubhouse listeners. It's, it's, having video is a whole new experience. Whole new <laughs> um, <laughs> I I love that answer though, Aaron. And I, that actually is as a question that I've wanted to ask you for a long time is like what percentage of your work is like commercial fashion work and what percentage of your work is just like people wanting portrait commissions? I, I, the majority of my work is still everyday people. Mm-hmm. Um, a a lot of it is, I would fall under the umbrella of, I guess guess you could call it personal branding. You know, it's a lot Uh of, like, I photographed a lot of authors, architects, uh, interior designers. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, sometimes if it's somebody in the entertainment world, uh, hair and makeup artists, um, uh, that I'll photograph. And so sometimes the photos are, for PR related kind of purposes. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, just like if they have a small business, you know, it's for, for that kind of a thing. Um, and then more and more, I'm getting more work that, that would fall into like editorial commercial, um, kind of world. But that, that's like a big, you know, goal, like an ongoing goal to kind of move more and more into that realm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just, it's just a process of, you know, just continuing on that journey. As like a business owner, do you think it's is one path easier to pursue than another? Like, do you have any advice for someone who wants to transition? I know you're in the process yourself, but who might want yeah. to take on more commercial work? I would say it's probably easier to get a, like a portrait studio business off the ground or to get that kind of work because it mostly involves talking directly to the client. Um, yeah. And with commercial work or editorial work even there's just more people at play you know there's like the the people who are hiring you that are working with the clients and then there's like and half the battle sometimes is just getting the contacts to reach out to to get in front of um you know so it's just like there's like there's just more people involved and it's um 
you know, with like a, with a portrait business, it's like at this point I have a marketing team. And so, you know, we're always running ads on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And they, you know, are seen directly by the client, the client directly reaches out and it's just, you know, much more, yeah, Yeah. more streamlined, straightforward, much faster to book those people. Um, Unless it's somebody who, you know, has an assistant or something like that and they're reaching out on their behalf but still that's a lot more streamlined than you know going through the commercial route yeah totally what one of the things you you just said a little bit ago was you enjoy being able to work with the team and everything uh you just pointed out that you have a marketing team what makes up your business what is everything that is assisting you at the moment um okay so i have a i have a marketing team that i implemented uh, just out of lockdown with COVID. So like right when we came out of lockdown is when I took the leap to actually get a marketing team on board. I Up till that point, I was trying to kind of do all of that myself. And just generally in life, like if I'm struggle to be passionate about some aspect of what I'm doing, like it's really hard for me to, to then take all the action necessary. I've, like I was like that in school. Like if I wasn't interested in the subject, like it was so hard for me to learn. And, uh, so when it comes to the marketing, like that's kind of been my relationship to it. I like yeah. tried to like learn and it just, I get overwhelmed. And I, so I, I just, I finally was like, you know, it's worth it to just outsource this. And it's been incredibly worth it, um, to do, uh, they're doing all kinds of things that I just don't think I could do on my own. Um, so I, uh, that team that's always at play, they're always doing things in the background. Um, and then I have, you know, some hair and makeup people that I'll bring on for this sort of everyday photo shoots that are like my go-to people. Um, I've had an assistant in the past. I currently don't have one right now. Um, I, I think I'm, I need to actually find somebody again. Um, and this time I'm like, I, I, I want to find somebody who's really good at like the, marketing aspect as well in terms of um like being on the phone with potential clients taking inquiries um just doing all that stuff because i the busier i get the harder it is to just balance everything out time-wise yeah and then there's always like something that's falling by the wayside or whatever it is so um so that's that's pretty much like my team and then if there's something that's out of the ordinary um like I had, uh, I was working, I did a project with a nonprofit like maybe six months ago and, um, it was much bigger budget than a, you know, normal portrait shoot. And so for that, we had, um, I had a couple assistants. I brought on a lighting tech. I had, um, a movement coach, which was really cool. It was like oh. literally somebody who's a choreographer who has worked on other shoots just kind of helping with the movement aspect and the body language aspect. And it was really um, helpful because I was working with a bunch of people who are not used to having their photos taken. Um, And it was helpful to just kind of have that delegated to somebody who was specifically, you know, paying attention to that. And it just became even more of a collaborative kind of, you know, project. And it was super fun. And, um, you know, so if I get, if, if something shows up that's like something I've never done before and I have to put together a team of people I've never actually worked with and I just kind of figure it out, you know, like I have my yeah. 
freak out moment and (laughs) 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 where I'm just like stressing about everything. And like, and then I like, you know, I just, I just figure it out and just like do whatever needs, whatever's necessary to kind of play it and be ready for when the day comes kind of a thing. Gotcha. The, The idea of a movement coordinator is a very interesting, uh, idea where did you where did you go about finding someone that does that or were you introduced to someone and how is that into a little bit more yeah so um i found this person through a photographer who's like an acquaintance of mine who does a a mostly editorial kind of work and on instagram i had seen him tagging like a couple of people as like the movement coach and and there was this extra element of of sort of this like extra flair in those photos that I really love. And um, so I, you know, on Instagram, how you can like have like little folders of things. Um, so I just, I just, I have a million folders. So like, I will just have like people to potentially work with on a photo shoot. And I'll just like, if I see somebody like that, I'll just throw them in the folders so that the time comes. And I'm like, who was that person I saw six months ago? That's like, you know, doing movement stuff. Then I might be able to find them much easier. Um, and, uh, that, so I just reached out to them on Instagram and, um, we set it up, you know, it wasn't cheap. I mean, their day rate was, I think $750. So, um, not cheap at all, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And we were, I mean like that, that at the time I think was the biggest job I had ever done. I think our budget was like 10 and $12,000. So like I could actually delegate that kind of stuff out comfortably and, um, yeah, that's another reason why I chose to do that. Um, obviously, when if it's a much smaller budget, it just doesn't make sense. sense. I've heard of photographers yeah. going into debt, just just like you know, putting all their own funds into photo shoots they're getting hired to do because they want it to be amazing. And it's like I'm not crazy about that idea. No, <laughs> so <laughs> I wouldn't um, recommend that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So, but it's um, only when the budget allows for it. I would. I was wondering, like, when you did work with the movement coach, obviously, like you hired them because you were delegating and you were trying not to maybe pay attention as much or have to pay attention as much to what they were doing. But I'm wondering, like, by hiring them, did you learn anything that you could take to your next shoot? Because I would feel like that could be like a really cool way to learn too. Yeah, I mean, one thing I noticed him doing that was really interesting that I had never thought of doing um, was so when he was kind of just just like making suggestions to people in terms of like how they would like be sitting or whatever. He would often tell them like, just take a nice deep breath and then just sort of like relax into the, what you're doing sort of thing. And that's something that I do now that's really helpful to just, I don't know, just that idea of just like taking a deep breath and then just relaxing because that's my work is all about getting people to just relax and to not feel like they're performing. Um, Yeah. And so that was, that was, it was interesting just watching somebody else actually, you know, interacting with people in that way. And, um, and, you know, we were actually photographing families. So it was like fathers and their kids. And so that's another reason why I was like stressing about this whole idea of like, okay, we're gonna have a, it was, it was like 10 different groupings of people in a single day. And it was anywhere from like two people at a time to like six. And so I was just like, that just seemed like a lot. And yeah. Um, you know, I, I ultimately just wanted to create the best end, you know, product possible, the best, the best art I could. And so I just knew that like bringing people on that had expertise in certain areas would be able to elevate it, you know, beyond yeah. what I could do on my own. 
yeah, that's really smart though. I think it's like, we can always learn and grow. And sometimes when we have those opportunities to learn something new or make a little investment and put out the best thing, obviously that's great for our client and then we'll probably get more work from it. But I think it's also like something that like you took this, you know, breathing technique, like there's just so many little techniques we can pull and then it moves on to the next shoot and the next shoot. So I think even if like someone's listening and they're like, I would never be able to hire a movement coach, like there's still things you can do in each little shoot to take from it, invest in it, learn from it the next time and keep like progressing. Yeah, absolutely. And also like when it comes to putting together teams of people to do things like if you can find really good people, you know, like I've worked with people who have, I, two days ago, I worked with a makeup artist just for like a one-on-one photo shoot with a, somebody who is an actor. And so he brought on his hair and makeup person who's done hair and makeup for uh, Michelle Obama, Oprah, wow. like all these people, right? <laughs> and you would never know it based on personality. You know, he yeah. was like the most sweet, down to earth, easy to work with, like willing to collaborate kind of person. And so those are the kinds of people that I always want to work with so that yeah. the atmosphere is always just really good energy and that we all just feel like we're having a fun time and we're all coming together and it's not about egos and about like trying to like make sure that the thing you want gets to be the way that you want it because when you you know if you just have people that are really good at what they do and they have the same goal in mind then it's just great energy on set it's just the yeah. great you know you just leave like having the best day ever it's, yeah <laughs> so, so let's let's talk a little bit about the way you run your your sessions. Um, as I was doing some research on you and seeing your images, one of the things I saw is that you photographed uh, Sarai Taylor Roman, who is one of the mentors in the portrait system community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in response to the portrait that you posted on Instagram, uh, she wrote, "At first, now quote at first i felt so weird not being directed and it was it wasn't until i was okay with my silence and yours that this image took place so how are you de- directing people within one of your shoots are you allowing them to move until they get into a position that they're comfortable in or are you directing them into different poses that you are comfortable with I, um, like one thing, one thing I often do is, uh, let's say I'm going to have somebody sit on a stool. I'll tell them, Hey, have a seat on the stool. And I just want to see what you naturally do because I want the body language to reflect who that person is. So I like, I use my intuition to, uh, guide me, I guess, in terms of when it feels to me like that person is being themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, so I may have only met somebody five minutes ago, but if I, I don't know, they'll just do, do something with their body language or mannerisms. And I'm like, that feels like them to me, you know? And so I will, that's the thing I want to capture. Always. So I always want to start with just seeing, you know, what they naturally do. Um, and then I'll sort of, I can, I'll make suggestions. I will, I find if I am too directorial, uh, things just start to look posed. And mm-hmm. that's something that I think is so cool about a lot of other photographers I know is like, that's something I remember 
I don't know how many years ago, like probably eight, nine years ago, the first time I ever saw Sue's website when um, I think she was still in like New Zealand at the time. And that whole thing of like being able to take a woman who has no experience in front of a camera and then just pose her in a way that actually looks and feels very real and authentic. And um, I've never been good at that. (laughs) And so like, I would love to be like, I would love to be better at that um, because there are times when that would be helpful, even in what I'm trying to capture. Um, I just, I'm just not great at it. And I, um, you know, I'm just trying to capture something that feels really, really authentically that person and something like that. Oftentimes I'll capture somebody doing something that I could have never thought up in my own head to do, you know, like, Mm -hmm. because it was just, it was just a natural moment that happened. Um, so, uh, so I'm not, I guess my answer is I'm not directing people a ton, but I'm making sort of suggestions and then like trying things. And, um, if, if somebody gets to a place where they feel really comfortable and, they they realize that it's not about being like a persona of themselves and not about like trying to be something that they're not, then most people will start to kind of open up in a way where they, they're, they're going to naturally start trying things on their own that look mm-hmm. really interesting and really good. And, you know, it's just a product of them feeling comfortable, feeling safe in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's also can be a little scary because it's like, okay, I'm going into this not knowing exactly what the end result's going to be. It's like, I don't have like an arsenal, like, okay, like pose like this, pose like this, pose like this. I know we're going to nail it every time. It's more just like, I'm not sure what this person's going to do. And, um, you know, I'm always a little nervous about that going into a shoot because I'm just not sure what's going to happen. But I mean, it's really full of discovery, which I love. Like, I love that your shoots sound like they're just like this whole journey of like self-discovery that someone can go on and you can go on as an artist. And there's something to be said for not having a play. I mean, there's something to be said for having a playbook, like there's cons, and then there's something to be said for also just being open to whatever like magic wants to unfold. I mean, honestly, probably like having a balance of both is probably the, the ultimate the ultimate ultimate situation yeah just like how like you know you learn uh, all the technical stuff about lighting and then you can toss out the window and you can just experiment kind of thing it's like you know so it's like you can pull from it when you need to but then you can also like not just heavily only rely on that kind of a thing so as i'm saying this i'm like i should probably (laughs) put more effort into practicing that (laughs) i I was gonna say i'm sure it would serve me well yeah no i was gonna say even I mean, I know you say you want to get better at that, but it seems like the manner in which you run your shoots and just allowing them to get into the position that is comfortable is where you're getting those very emotive um, portraits of people. Because if obviously if you're telling, okay, put your hand underneath your chin and now over here and now tilt your head and then moving through a flow of like uh, poses, you're probably going to miss that um mm. that you yeah i mean do. again again like watching like sue do that with somebody i'm like that's amazing like i love actually observing it um mm. but i will be like okay what if you put your hand up and then i'll tell people the basics like don't press too hard on your face so that you don't like make weird things happen <laughs> with your skin like you know but then i want to see like where do they put their hand do they put their hand here 
I just knocked my headphone out. Do they put their, um, you know, like, where do they, like, what are they going to actually do? And then sometimes people make really like not visually appealing choices. (laughs) (laughs) So like, if that's happening, then, then you do have to kind of make more suggestions because, you know, I know that there are certain things that just aren't going to really translate. And, you know, so oftentimes like a woman might have her hand like too far, like on her face kind of, and it's just not looking great. And I'll say, what if you just kind of slide your hand back and like yeah. slide your hand back a little bit, like further onto your neck and like something like that. And then it might look really natural and it might work. And then it might look like I just told somebody to put their hand on their neck and it might be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and then we just have to completely switch it up and try something else. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, before we open it up to audience questions, I did want to pivot a little bit and ask you about some of your personal product projects. Um, I'm not sure if they're nonprofit work or if it's just personal projects. So I would love to know just like more about how they come about. But I have to say like some of your most moving work has been these like, um, personal projects that you have done over time and series of images and it's just really really inspiring so i'd love if you could tell us like how how do these ideas come about are you working with nonprofits? like is it uh something that you're doing like i don't know what the right word is like chair as a charity like a free thing is it something you get paid for like how does it all work sure i mean so it depends on the project but i have there are things that I've just had an interest in doing. Like um, a few years ago, I started photographing um, drag queens at um, DragCon, at RuPaul's DragCon in LA yeah. and then did it in New York. And like, I had like a goal in mind when I started doing that of one day, maybe having a coffee table book or something, Yeah. Um, which I can't completely talk about yet, but things are happening in that realm, hopefully soon-ish. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, that was solely just, you know, like, I want to photograph these people and um, I'm going to try to make it happen and uh, no money involved just for the, you know, for the fun of it. I've worked with a couple nonprofits before that were paid uh, jobs um, where, like, they wanted to do a project with me and then um, they had a budget for it. And so, you know, it ended up being a paid thing. Um I I don't know. I mean, at this point, like, I, I, I feel good. I mean, I always have, like, money goals and, you know, like, business goals. Yeah. I, you know, like, I'm always, you know, feel like I'm kind of just getting started and I'm always, you know, trying to reach further and further in that realm. Um, but, like, ultimately, like, I'm good with money right now. I'm good with that aspect of things right now. So I feel like I have a little bit more freedom to just, like pursue things and not have to really worry about the like is this going to be a paid gig or not like is it going to be you know so i'm just like i'll reach out to people i will um uh you know just try to set things up that will um that that just interests me um and uh you know if it turns into something paid that's awesome but it mm-hmm. doesn't really have to yeah. necessarily um, we had seen like on your website, some of the other things that you've done. Um, you have something called the, uh, anti-recidivism coalition, beautiful mm-hmm. immigrant. And those were some interesting projects that we were looking like. I, I think that's what, um, Ashley was kind of looking at, uh, how, how do you get started in say those projects? So both of those projects were, um, 
they came well so the, the anti-recidivision coalition project um that came about through um a connection that i made and uh a, a, of an author um shaka singh horror who um he used to work with them and so uh, i photographed him a couple of times he connected us together and then that's how that project sort of came about they like we got we were connected they had this idea to do a father's day um formerly incarcerated uh fathers with their kids um project and so it came through that sort of connection and that introduction um that was a paid job um that was actually a job where we were working with the movement coach um, oh, okay yeah. And then for the Beautiful Immigrant uh, Project, my partner is a journalist and he was working on a project uh, with the Weather Channel uh, doing like a short form doc about um, how climate change was uh, affecting prolonged droughts in uh, Central America. And that was the reason why some of those folks were joining the migrant caravans back in like 2017, I think it was. Yeah. Back whenever like Trump was in the you know office and he was, uh, you know, saying a bunch of crap about them, and so he did that project. And the very last time that they went to Mexico, um, I went along with them and then just got to photograph the people. Um, yeah, I technically got hired by the Weather Channel, but I had like no, um, there was nothing technically that I had to create for them. <laughs> Which was oh, awesome. That's pretty um, cool. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was. It, that was actually really cool. So I got to. I had like total creative freedom, and I had an idea that you know it'd be cool to turn this into an exhibit at some point, and then that ended up happening a few months down the road. Um, you know, so sometimes it's just like these weird, not weird, but like these connections that are made that then turn into something else. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The immigrant one in particular was just very like very moving. I remember it at the time seeing it and just being like, whoa, that's so cool. Like I want to be that cool one day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I want to do cool things like this. This is so moving. And, and seeing just, the portraits. I, being like, yeah, just like like seeing the photos and like crying and like being so mm. moved. And I don't think like I don't think I've ever had an opportunity to take a photo except for maybe like for someone's wedding where there was like a personal story behind it where I was like, oh, this photo is like very like personal and moving and just like just on that level and like impact and can change hearts and minds. And it just mm. was like, it was very cool to me. So thank you. Thank you. Um, well, we will still continue to ask in questions, but I do want to give the clubhouse listeners the opportunity to get their questions uh, um, answered as well. So if you are listening on Clubhouse and you have a question for Aaron J. Young, you can go ahead and raise your hand by hitting the hand icon in the lower right hand part of the screen. And Kevin will bring you up on stage to answer, ask your question. Um, we do have a question. Let me go ahead and bring them up. Uh, we have Michael Padilla on stand. Ooh, Michael. Michael. We love you, Michael. You're always asking the juicy questions. <laughs> Thanks. I'm trying to get better at asking questions. I'm not very well, but um, good afternoon, Aaron, Kevin, and Ashley. And so my question is, when you were talking about marketing, Aaron, um, before you decided, when you made that decision to outsource, and, and maybe I just didn't, I didn't hear, um, right, so I apologize if you answered it already, but at what point did you make that decision? Were you already, like, 
bringing in regular clients and, and having that money flow coming in? Or were you kind of like at a point where you're like, you know what, maybe I'm not getting as much work as I would like. And I know I'm not really good at this. And so decided to make that. And I asked because I, I sneak at marketing um, for sure. So um, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was, I, I was bringing in like regular clients of income, but it, it was pretty irregular. I would say, you know, like it would just ebb and flow a lot more than I wanted it to. And, um, yeah, I guess I was sort of at a loss for just like, okay, well, how do I do this better? How do I, um, how do I really get in front of more people to be able to bring in more inquiries to then, you know, convert to more actual paying clients. And, um, so, um, originally, um, I, I did a course that was with the same marketing company that was just like, learn how to do it all yourself kind of a thing. And that was helpful to a certain degree because like I created a second website, like studio website, um, because my website, you know, like a lot of photographers' websites, like they have zero calls to action and you just go on and it's just a portfolio of work. And then there's like a contact and then it's like, Hey, get in touch with us if you're interested in a photo shoot kind of a thing. And that's what I had always had. And <laughs> little did I know that that's like not really marketing yourself, you know, and it's not like, it's like leaving everything up to the potential clients. Like they have to seek you out. They have to find you. They have to like figure out if you do photo shoots with everyday people and then they have to reach out to, and it's just like too much work for somebody to like i think to 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 put into so um so i created a second website a studio website with the sole purpose of lots of calls to action and just making it very clear to any everyday person that would stumble onto this website that like you can absolutely hire us to take your photos and um so that's something that I learned with sort of their help. And then when it went beyond that to, you know, Facebook ads and Instagram ads and all this stuff, I just got really confused and overwhelmed. And, um, you know, it cost money to, to, to put up the ads and I was like not seeing a return. I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. So that's whenever I decided to take another leap and invest even more and just have, you know, them, take control of it um and it was hugely i mean it was it was hugely worth it i mean it's it, it, it created a huge leap in my business i would say yeah awesome and when um when you first did that did you see that return pretty like quickly um from that from from outsourcing and hiring them to did like yeah, that's i mean i i i the, the i got overwhelmed very quickly in terms like I just I just wasn't used to juggling as many things as I all of a sudden was juggling and so that's the first time I brought on an assistant um because I was just like you know like I'm burning out and I'm not and it wasn't that I had a ton of stuff going I was just I just wasn't used to it so um uh and everything's a process of just getting used to you know when it's unfamiliar so um yeah I would say pretty pretty quickly I mean I just started to um, get more inquiries. We, I mean, it's always trial and error. There's any time that I've tried to do some sort of a campaign, it's always fallen pretty flat. Like, um, I tried to do a Solgenic series campaign with the idea of like, you know, creating ads around, uh, 
you know, pe- for people who have like really interesting life stories and come in, we'll photograph you and like hopefully convert that into a paying client. And it didn't go anywhere. I mean, it was like, I, I talked to a lot of interesting people, but like not a lot of people that were interested in pain. Um, <laughs> so it just was like, it just didn't, it didn't go anywhere. Like the, the biggest success I've had with, with like ads is just generalized ads that talk about um, capturing authenticity or capturing, who, you know, that, that don't really hit on any sort of a specific campaign. Um, that's where I've seen the most success personally. Awesome. Thank you. I appreciate uh, your time answering those questions. Sure. Well, thank you, Michael. I'll just ask a follow-up question from um, everything you talked about with Michael. So I just wanted to be clear, like you're working with a marketing agency, right? So they're higher, like they're handling multiple types of ads. They're running the ads, they're managing the ads. And do they do like social media stuff for you or? They, they could do more than, than what we're currently doing. I think, I mean, I, um, again, it, once I get an assistant on board, we can, you know, implement more things. Um, but I mean, they've, they've made adjustments to my website. They've, um, you know, like since it's a, a little bit into the new year, like, uh, you know, they would update my website if I wanted them to, uh, create, um, a newsletter. Um, and then the ads are, I would say the biggest thing. They also set up like a, um, like a, what's it called? Like a funnel basically like, okay, yeah. like, you know, um, through different, different, app, different, you know, websites that I had never used before that I just had to get a membership on and learn how to use, but they set that all up for me. Um, you know, so they're doing a lot. It's also, there's probably cheaper ones out there. Honestly, like I'm investing about $3,000 a month in marketing and a thousand of that is just the amount of money that's being put into uh, ads. ads that are on yeah. it's Facebook, Instagram and Google ads. Um, and you know, I, I, I haven't done a lot of research honestly about like who else is out there and like who you can bring up. So there's probably more cost effective people. I don't know, but, um, you know, I would so say that's far, like market is, rate for an agency. Most agencies have a thousand dollar a month ad spend. Plus, you have to pay the agency. Okay, fees, cool. Like on yeah, so it. like, yeah, and it's you know, as long as you're seeing a big enough return and you know you can justify the expense, then it's you know, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah, totally. Especially if it's not your wheelhouse and you've learned all the DIY things and it's just like, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of the DIY because I'm like, I don't want to spend $3,000 a month if I can do this myself. But I mean, I can also see like, you know, that for some people, it's like, that's not how their brain works. Like, I feel like my brain works a little bit more business than like art. And I feel like some people's brains <laughs> work a little more art. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> business. Yeah. I've been told before that, that they're like by people in the marketing team and other people, they're like, yeah, I feel like you would do, do the best if you could just literally like pick up your camera and be in charge of taking the photos. And then you have an entire team that's like, does everything else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's probably uh, true. Um, and one day, you know, that's the goal to just <laughs> delegate everything out to everyone. But um, yeah, I just think, yeah, there's just, my brain is not, it's just hard, I guess, to for me to get really excited about like the marketing aspect. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, uh, Aaron, you you have brought up money um, a few times within the conversation, uh, and one of the things that I saw as I was looking into 
you was you had made a post within the portrait system Facebook group at one point, and I, f- I found the quote very interesting. And I want to talk a little bit about that, which is money is no longer this giant dark energy of a cloud that is bigger than me and that I am a slave to its power, which is how I used to feel. I've realized that I am much more powerful than it and that it is me who decides how much I make. The power is in me and money is a tool and something that I get to be in control of rather than the other way around. With that, can you talk a little bit about what your experience was with money before and how it's kind of grown as a business owner and how your mindset has changed? Yeah, it's funny. It's it's interesting hearing that back. I was like, wow, that person was feeling really confident that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, I do actually remember writing that though. I just forgot about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say the most, the, it's changed the most over the last probably like even six months, something, oh, okay. something around there. Um, but I mean, it's a never ending journey. You know, like when I first started doing photography, I remember, you know, the charging like $250 for the shoot and like however many images and like feeling like, oh my God, that's a ton of money. Is anybody going to want to spend that? And then, you know, discovering Sue and that was the first time I'd ever heard anybody say that, you know, I remember one interview that she, it's like, I, I was on YouTube at the time. I don't even know if Sue Price Education existed yet, but it was like, I remember her saying like, my time is worth $500 an hour. And I remember the interviewer looking super uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it's comical now to think about because I was like, I was super uncomfortable because I was like, but I liked it. I mean, I loved hearing that. I was like, okay, like that's, you know, hopefully one day I can get on board with that because that would be amazing. Um, yeah. So like, it's, it's just been like over the years, like something I've just been continually chipping away at and trying to grow and change the way that I perceive, um, money and what is a lot of money to me has changed drastically, you know, like, um, at some point along the way, I just sort of reduced, um, <laughs> you know, like if I like the idea of a thousand dollars, let's say, or a hundred dollars, instead of going, it's a hundred, I would just say it's like one. <laughs> and I would just like, there was something about just like reducing the idea of this big number down yeah. to a smaller number that started to shift what I perceived to be a lot of money, which then has shifted you know, how I am able to charge within my business, um, how I can, you know, sometimes I'm still nervous too, you know, like, I don't know, sometimes telling people that I have a session fee for an everyday shoot of 490 is like, I get nervous still. And I'm like, sometimes I'm not nervous at all. Sometimes I'm cool. Like the other day I had the biggest job of my career and I had to send out an invoice for $21,000. And I was like, Wow. I, I actually, I just took a deep breath now, but like in the moment I was like, wow, I actually feel okay about this. Like I'm good. Like I'm yeah. grateful that I'm actually okay with, with, with charging this and with asking for this much money. And I'm excited to make this much, which, you know, a few years ago, I wouldn't have even dreamt of that. You know, it would have just seemed like this. Huh. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is so far fetched. Um, and, uh, so I would say that that's probably the area that supervised education has been the biggest help for me personally has been in the area of 
money and self value. Mm. Um, because, you know, I've just, I've grown a lot in that area. And that was the first resource I ever came across that even introduced the idea of, you know, having like a much higher standard for what we, you know, for what we do. And, um, it's, uh, it's interesting that you said with, you know, your 490 session fee, you, you have nervousness behind that, but then you've also dealt with where clients have huge budgets, uh, far greater than what you would get from an, your average portfolio or excuse me, your average, uh, photo shoot, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, what, it just depends on the day, honestly, like, in the, <laughs> you know, like the last couple of days, honestly, like these, like, I don't know this week, I don't know why, but I'm just like feeling a little insecure compared to the way mm. I was last week. And like, um, I started coining it, you know, how like if you have a, a pet, like a dog, you know, if they start like running around the house and circle, <laughs> yeah. they call you call it the zoomies. zoomies. Yeah. 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 So I started calling this uh, the doomies. <laughs> oh, that <laughs> is it's just hilarious. like this free, this free floating anxiety, <laughs> feeling like something bad's about to happen, but nothing bad is happening. Like, not sure why you feel anxious or uncomfortable, like, but it's just there kind of a thing. So I just call it the case of the doomies. And, um, you know, that's that the help? space I've been in. Like, yeah, I mean, and it changes and it's never, it never lasts forever. And, um, you know, like I would say in the last six months for the first time in my life, I've had more calm days than I've had anxious days, which I'm not used to. So, um, I just run really high with anxiety, generally speaking. So, um, Same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to have days where I work for the first time in my life, I can wake up in the morning and I sit up in bed and I'm like, wow, like I feel okay. Yeah. I'm mean, just like, this is incredible. Like, even if I feel neutral and I'm not necessarily excited for something, but I'm not just feeling like something bad's about to happen. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know, I just feel relatively fine. It's like, I'm very grateful for those moments. And, you know, from, from what I've heard and from people I've talked to who are further along on their own journeys and have lived longer, whatever they say, you know, like it, you know, like it's possible to, get to a place where you have more of those days than you have days that are, you know, mm -hmm. the challenging, just like, you know, anxious days. So, um, you know, so I don't know. I mean, it's just, it's all relative to that, I guess. So, you know, there's days where I'm just more uncomfortable talking to people or more uncomfortable saying, you know, prices out loud, or even if I'm talking to somebody on the phone, it might just be specific to that person, you know, like that for whatever oh. reason, like something's coming up in me. That's this like anxiety around talking to that specific person. And then other people, you know, if I get on the phone with somebody and I can just tell from the get go, like, they're like, I love what you do. And like, I getting a, the mm. idea that money's no issue. And they're just on board from the get go. It's much easier to just be like, Hey, this is what I charge. And they're like, sweet. Like, let's book it. <laughs> yeah, know? no, I can relate. I ended up putting on my website, like a checkbox that said, like, I understand that sessions start at, you know, X amount and include this and but can go up to this. And like, that was a huge anxiety reliever for me, because mm -hmm. it made me feel like, okay, well, they had to have like checked this box to like submit the form. So they must have some understanding before we talk. So it's not going to be this like, you get through a 20 minute phone call and you're kind of at the part where you say your prices and now you have no idea how this is going to go down. And you just that spent that really whole like, time talking to yeah, them. Yeah. Like, well, make my anxiety. And sometimes like even with the checkbox, like I'm not going to lie. Like there are some people who 
you start talking to them on the phone and you're like, oh, and you just do still get a little bit nervous. Totally. Like maybe yeah. They didn't really read <laughs> what <laughs> I thought they did, that they had to literally check. But I would say like just that small, very small action has helped me a lot with talking about prices with someone on the phone because now I don't feel like it's some secret. I think before I felt like, gosh, if I told people on my website, they never contact me. And then, <laughs> um, and so I better keep it a secret until I'm on the phone with them. And it right. just like, you know, felt like, or it wasn't a total secret because it was like somewhere on my website, but you kind of had to like dig for it. And so I was never sure if people actually like made it to that part of my website. So it just, yeah, yeah like it. And it's also it's like, out. it's just business, right? I mean, it's like, I could have a day where like I had a day like this a few weeks ago, I just completed this shoot where it's like my client was somebody who is literally worth, I think over $200 million. Okay. So there's that. And they're like, money's no object. Like, I just love what you do. Let's do a shoot on location with my family, everything, whatever. And it's like, and then five minutes later, you can be on the phone with somebody who is like, Oh my gosh, like did you charge you have, 490 session fee like i actually only have a budget of 150 dollars, and they want literally the same photo shoot but yeah. <laughs> they have a budget of 150 dollars, and 150 dollars is a lot to them and it's like it's just business i mean i think like business is getting used to just the law of averages and people just you know i take pride now in being turned down because i'm too expensive yeah. you know like that's the number one reason why people don't hire me it's not it's like it's they're they just either don't want to pay what what I'm charging or they can't afford to pay what I'm charging. And it's like, that's cool. You know, like, that's okay. Like I would yeah. rather feel good personally about what I'm charging and then have some people fall away than to like really be like, I wish I was charging more. I don't feel good about this, but yay. Like I'm getting more clients. Yeah. Like it just, you know, um, and that's been a journey too of like really, you know, being okay with not having people hire me, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the journey that everyone th that goes into SBE or portrait system has to go on, right? Like Yeah, and honestly, like it's easier to say this when you're busy and when you have work coming in and when yeah. you just had a great month and whatever and it's so much easier to be like, yeah, it's okay if I didn't get that job. But I think it is more challenging when it's like when it, when maybe you're not bringing in any work at the moment and you're like it there's that intensity that like every single call feels like it's the end all be all and like you need to book that client because you don't have anybody else in the pipeline type, yeah. type thing um and that's a hard place to be like i think it can be you know some people probably have an easy time with it it's probably not challenging for everybody but um you know as long as you don't give up i feel like and you just keep moving forward if you're determined enough <laughs> and you just yeah. like not going to give up no matter how you know, no matter what your brain tells you and how difficult it feels on certain days, then I feel like eventually you will get to the place you want to be. Yeah. And I think there's always a way, right? Because like what you just mentioned is like, yeah, like if you're in that place where you don't have enough clients coming in, then it's like, okay, well, you need more leads coming in. So you need to work mm -hmm. on your marketing. And even if you're like in that spot where you're like, I'm not a marketing person and I don't have clients coming in, so I don't have $3,000 to hire an agency. It's like, take a breath. Well, what can you do? Can you do a trade with someone? Can you trade someone photos for their time, like making an ad for you? I mean, like, I'm sure there's different things that people could really do if they 
like stop and like Sue always says like drop and give me 20 when you're like stuck. And that's something that always like has sat with me because it's like, okay, you could sit there and you could have your anxiety attack and you can ruminate and you can like spin out or you can drop and write down 20 freaking ideas to bring money in the door right now and then take action on like the ones that seem the best out of that 20. So that's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For anyone I mean, listening who's struggling, I would say listen to Sue. <laughs> drop yeah, and give her 20. I, mean, I think my number one battle with myself not no, I mean I have multiple battles with myself. I don't know why I'm saying this. Like <laughs> this is the only yeah. struggle. I, this is the only no, one. Like, yeah, but th- this one's big. It comes almost on a daily basis, which is just a feeling of over- overwhelm. Like uh-huh. I can go from feeling okay to feeling completely overwhelmed with life, like in a in a second, you know. And that gets in the way of everything because when I feel overwhelmed, then I am much more likely to actually not take action on things yeah. and to. I'm like, oh, I have, um, it feels like I have a million things that I have to do and learn and be and whatever, but I'm going to scroll Instagram instead, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but, and that's just out of the, that, that overwhelm. And one thing I found incredibly helpful, uh, I was in therapy, you know, not that long ago, and it just hit me in a deeper way than I ever had before that um, there's no, like, there's no medal to actually win like if you accomplish all the things on your to-do list today, if you were to be the perfect specimen of who you think you need to be today, like you still don't win like a medal for it, you know? Like, and mm-hmm. I realized that like, I've always operated from this perfectionistic like space of like, as though I'm going to win some medal every day if I just accomplish enough, if I am enough, if I whatever. Enough. And so I've been reminding myself constantly that like there's nothing to win here like nobody actually gives a shit how i run my business except for me (laughs) yeah (laughs) nobody cares if i accomplish 10 things on my list today or if i decide to take the day off like it's totally up to me i get to have my life the way that i want and like i'm not gonna win anything for doing it a certain way and that's helped me to kind of like take the pressure off and to like put down the overwhelm a little bit and to sometimes just like put some things down and like not have to feel like I need to accomplish so much and um it's helped me to actually accomplish more because I'm coming at it from a much calmer space yeah Um, that that is such a like a an aha light bulb moment you saying that is like look at the end of the day regardless of what you do there is no last place there is no first place medal you're just living your life and you know yeah that's it and also like I I often spent like I just turned 35 and I'm like you know uh, been reflecting a lot on just like you know time going by seemingly faster as I get older and like the one big thing is like I don't want to get to the end of my life and have regrets especially regrets that are only based on the fact that I was just scared to try something <laughs> you know because yeah. that seems like such a ridiculous reason to ultimately be the thing that stopped me from doing something that I really wanted to do um and currently as I say that like I could probably come up with a list of things that I'm too scared to actually take action on. <laughs> but like it, I, maybe today's not that day, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm taking action on a lot of other things that I one time was scared to take action on. And, you know, I'm just going to continue to kind of put one foot in front of the other. And one day those things will happen, you know? And it's like that. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like, it's such a, it's such a journey of just like showing up every single day. <laughs> and like, uh, 
and just even just asking yourself like on a given day like today like okay like if i were to get everything done today that i think i need to accomplish and i was on my deathbed tomorrow would i really look back and be like good job you like completed everything <laughs> on your list yesterday like that's so valuable like no one cares i don't, you don't think care. i would care <laughs> you know like i don't think it would yeah. actually matter so much and i try to remind myself that because things when i'm feeling overwhelmed can feel like it's end all be all and like you know yeah and it just kills all the joy it kills all like the fun and it's like why why are we even doing this thing of like business and uh you know being artists for a living if we're not even going to let ourselves enjoy the process you know like that is amen, uh, amen. Right? i think we have yeah. to like mic drop on that moment <laughs> I, I, right uh we there's just such a wonderful more conversation to go with in that um Unfortunately, we did. We are coming up on the one-hour mark, and I I feel like we can continue this conversation potentially on a different episode. But for now, I think we're going to go ahead and uh, you know call it there. Unfortunately, <laughs> and Aaron, bef be before we let you go in all of this, you know, if you can please share with us where other members can go ahead and find you online. Sure. So, um. My name, Aaron J. Young, with my middle name spelled out J-A-Y, just like my clubhouse handle. And, um, so that's my Instagram. Uh, my website, that's more of like an editorial kind of based website, is AaronJYoung.com. And then my studio website is AaronJYoungStudio.com, which honestly, if you're like struggling with like, how do I make a website that might be good with calls to action and stuff, just mimic that website. <laughs> like... <laughs> And you might have something because, you know, I just took from other people's experience to, to create that <laughs> one. Um, and uh, what else? I mean, those are those are the main ones. Like, that's that's really, I think, the main places you can find me. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. This has been an absolutely wonderful conversation and hopefully get to have another one at some point. Um, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. Thank you. So everyone, please, please, please be sure to go follow Aaron. And also make sure to follow the Portrait System on Instagram and on Facebook as well. Uh, also be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with our Clubhouse interviews at subriceeducation.com forward slash blog. Uh, you can follow Ashley on Instagram at Ashley Taylor Portrait. That is A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H. And you can find me there as poplight underscore photography. Uh, if you are a member of the Portrait System and you have any more questions for Aaron, Ashley or myself, go tag us in a post uh, in the Portrait System members-only Facebook group. And if you are not a member of the Portrait System and you are interested in learning more about how we can help your business succeed, reach out to Ella on our support team by emailing support at subriceeducation.com. Thank you again for joining us, and we hope you can join us next week. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business. 
lighting PDFs, I mean truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com. It's time for me to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Fujifilm North America. If you haven't experienced portraits and wedding scenes created on the large format GFX system digital camera sensor, you are missing out. Along with up to 102 megapixel resolution, you'll find rich colors and gorgeous in-camera looks. There's also AI-driven subject detection and eight frames per second bursts inside the compact GFX 100 digital camera. Hit the link in this episode's description to view the products. It's time to dream big in your creative process.